Hello and welcome back to the When You're Podcast, the podcast for when you're doing anything. Today we're talking about when you're watching Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. And I do mean the live action versions. This movie, these movies star Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Matthew Lillard, <clears throat> Linda Cardellini, and uh, Neil Fanning, who plays, who voices uh, Scooby. Um... I have to say, this is a. I mean, these movies are great. Let's just start right off the bat. These movies are so much fun. They really, they really did well casting these characters, these actors as the their respective characters. And what I really like about it is that they're so far past high school or being like teenagers, you know, just driving around in a van. Which I guess is how it's always been. Like they've always kind of been. Um, Adults, in a sense. I don't know. I, I I guess the perception that they were like teenagers or really, really young is not totally crazy. But it's, you know, I, I, I never thought of them as like, I guess I kind of always saw them as like teenagers, you know, solving mysteries in a van. So the first one was really exciting and it really set the tone for the second one and for the whole, th the whole thing. Uh where it starts off with them separating. They're like, yo, screw this, screw this whole team, and we're done. We don't want to be a part of it anymore. Especially Velma, played by the ever-magnificent Linda Cardellini. I I mean, that that's perfect casting. She did the role so well and gave it so much justice, and she was really, really bad. She was really hot, you know? So, <clears throat> shout-out to you, Linda Cardellini. Very, very good stuff, uh... And I, I particularly like how everybody has their own, I mean, they, they, they know the characters very, very well, and they understand them very, very well. But when you see them all together, there's just this cool relationship between everybody. It just, it fits, it's natural, it, it works really well. And... When they separate and then they eventually come back together to go on Spooky Island and you see them try to divide and conquer. They each try to go about their own ways to solve the mysteries, to get clues, to learn about everything that's happening on the island. And they can't do it alone. None of them can do it alone. Even though they may think they can or they may want to, it's when they all come together and they're able to work as a team and really, really uh, comes together. But... It, an argument can be made that that's just with time and history. They've known each other for a long time, and people who you know for a long time or work well with for a long periods of time, when you come back together, it's pretty effortless. So throughout the whole movie, I just kind of wondered, like, what if they had stay separated? Or what if there's, like, a spinoff or a, a whole different thing where, like, you kind of see them solve their own mysteries, you know? That's kind of what I'm thinking about. But the first movie is so much fun. It's so great because it really, uh, it was my first experience. Well, I, I don't know if that's the right word. It was kind of like one of the first experiences I had about cartoon turning into live action. And they did such a perfect job with it. So spoilers for the movie. If you haven't seen Scooby-Doo, definitely go watch it. Live action version. Um... The main antagonist is Scrappy-Doo, who is just this terrible puppy who is crazy. He builds this robotic version of a man, of Mr. Bean. Can you believe it? Rowan Atkinson is in the movie. 
and he's supposedly the villain, the main bad guy, who's trying to steal the souls from all these college students in order to, I don't know, seek vengeance against the, the Mystery Inc. Against all of them. Uh, and you kind of find this place of who is everybody without each other, you know? Who is Scooby without Shaggy? And that's where you kind of feel like the separation comes between them, where you fail in friendships, but you always come back together because you're bonded and you really care about each other and you really know each other very well. And I like that message, especially when uh, solving a mystery. And there's also a good amount of action. There's like some spooky elements. And it's very funny. I think that Matthew Lillard and Neil Fanning's relationship and the movie is unmatched. It, it really is really good, cool. And you see James Gunn. James Gunn is the, uh, I think he's the head writer of this. Or, you know, he wrote on it. And he does such a great job balancing all the characters so everybody gets their moments to shine. And everybody feels connected. Everybody feels good together. Which is so crazy how spot on this cast is. I mean, you think about other movies where like, you think the cast is going to be amazing, but when they actually come together, it kind of falls flat or it doesn't. Maybe it's carried by one person or it doesn't feel uh, any particular kind of way. Like, um, what's a good example to give? Uh, I think kind of like a... Uh, I think kind of like a... An Incredible Hulk, a Hulk kind of a thing. You know, it's it's just one guy. But they tried to get all these other characters to kind of help him along the way or something. And it just feels like at the end of the day, it's just him. You know, he's the, he's the one who has to control this whole thing. The Hulk, he has to control it and suppress it and take it deep down inside. I guess that's not a good example because he is really more of a solo character and this is an ensemble. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Power Rangers, how like there's the red one and then the all the other ones kind of just follow along. But even then, they do a good job of balancing the characters and making them have their own set of moments throughout episodes. So maybe maybe I'm just overthinking it a little bit too much anyways the cast is great i think that all of them do an especially great job uh i think freddie prince jr does a really good job of acting very vain and very much like the center front man when all he ever does is just tell everybody to split up for clues and uh event you know he's he's not dumb per se but he doesn't do so much of the heavy lifting Whereas Velma, she's a genius. She can do anything. She can uh, read a bunch of books. She understands a lot of knowledge. She can uh, do chemistry and science and all of that stuff, math. So she's really vital to the team. She's really important. She can, she can do it all if she wanted to, if she needed to. Which is why it's kind of difficult to figure out where where her big flaws are and then you've noticed that her flaws are in execution she may have all the data the facts and all this other stuff but when it comes to interpersonal 
relationships or really connecting with people, she has a difficult time. And if she wanted to do everything by herself, she would have to overcome a lot of her fears. She would have to, to beat a lot of... Um, she would have to face a lot of things alone and having people by her side like Daphne and Fred and Shaggy and Scooby who are willing to take on some of the load and, and do some of the extra things that it takes to, to solve a mystery uh, really help overall. And they give her a sense of confidence, which I like. And then Daphne doesn't want to be the damsel in distress. She's always getting kidnapped. She's always getting taken. And she just wants to be taken seriously. Somebody who can hold their own, who can do their own thing and doesn't have to rely on Fred, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby to save her. She can save them and she can be her own hero. She can save the day, which is why she takes up martial arts and training and fighting which helps her in the end, fighting that sumo wrestler guy, which is such a, a weird scene, but I kind of like it. It's heavy, heavy on the stunt double. You can definitely tell. Most of her scenes are, uh, when it comes to choreography and fighting, are heavy on the stunt work, but I like it. And I also, uh, talking about scenes, I really like the, uh, the scene where they switch bodies like the souls are trying to get into the right bodies. Oh my gosh, those are so funny. And I don't know what the logistics were when they were recording those scenes. Like, did they actually say the lines or were they just mouthing them? I think they actually said the lines as the characters, but then they just dubbed them over later on, which I think is funny. I think it's really, really good. And you kind of see their personality shift as they get into each other's bodies. Such a great idea. It was so, so funny to see that. Anyways, anyways... Uh, that's why the, the cast just works, you know, they, they're able to pick up on those little, little quips. So from the first movie, you go into the second movie and that's where I was kind of talking about where everybody, you know, they come back together again, but they fail, they fail and they fail and they fail and they kind of have to fight against all that they've overcome, you know, like if you can imagine your biggest failures in life and then having to go back and relive them or fight them again or get that kind of history brought back to you. It can feel like a lot, which is what this kind of symbolizes in a way. I think I'm reading too much into it. Basically, the second movie, monsters become unleashed. Um, this weird scientist, Jacobo, uh, tries to make a machine to make monsters, and he wants to get back at Mystery Inc. for Cap... Uh, for sending him to prison in the first place. And then he escaped, and then he created this machine again. And then he pretended to be a woman reporter, so that way uh, he could trick them. And then he got some guy, Ned, to help him in the, in the whole thing. And it was so funny because at the end of the movie, this is so crazy he was like uh ned was like uh you were a dude this whole time and the guy was like of course you idiot and then he was like but we cuddled and you know he doesn't mean cuddled like they they did it down for they gave us a pg version of that what he means to say is he raw dogged him and he had no idea it was a woman can you believe that i mean i would have believed that you know, but they, they go the PG route. They say instead go like, but we cuddled. Be quiet. Shut up. You didn't just cuddle. You didn't just cuddle with this woman. 
woman in in uh in quotations because it's definitely not is an old old man and then there was a little bit more of a love interest for Velma with Seth Green which was funny I really like the scene where he walks in and she like sees him from across the room and he's in a suit and he's like walking towards her and they have the music playing he's like da 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 and he trips and he falls and then he gets back up and then the music keeps going ah I love moments like that I love good comedic moments like that it's what I love about the movie Blended with Adam Sandler and uh, Drew Barrymore where they do the sequences of everybody's head and it plays multiple it uses the same like music and tracks but they all mean something different for each individual person such a great idea I love those I love those moments when you use music to its Full potential, which is what I really like. Uh, and that's what I like about Scooby-Doo 2. And what I think the main focus of the second movie was Scooby and Shaggy and how they want to be heroes. They want to be bigger than life. They want to actually contribute. They don't want to be screw-ups or accidental wins or whatnot. They want to consciously solve and contribute to the group, which always felt a little flat, you know? It always felt like, oh, it just so happens, coincidence that Scooby and Shaggy come across this clue or they bump into the villain and then they crash and then they're able to take the mask off of him and they're like, it's this guy, you know? Instead, they want to be genuine heroes. They want to get it right without screwing up, without making a mistake. And then after the fact, to being like, but it was a good mistake, uh, and it's why I like the 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 montage of them one eating the cotton candy monster because that was like fun for them and two where Scooby is fighting all of the monsters with the fire extinguisher especially the tar one and then um, he does the the crazy line where he's like uh, who do you think you are and he's like Scooby Doobie and then he ta puts the, the disc down into the thing and he presses the button and then he looks back and he's like, hmm, I love that moment. I don't know why. It's just something so... It's definitely very cheesy. It's very, very cheesy. Heavy on the cheese, but I like it, dude. There's something about it. I, I think it's nostalgia for me. I, I just love moments like that where it's like... Uh, where they really define themselves and they really take charge in who they are. They're like, this is who I am and I just outsmarted you. And then they del they explode all of the, the monsters and then they demask the villain and it turns out to be Dr. Jacobo or whatever. <laughs> now, I was very upset. I mean, obviously, when you like a, a film franchise of any kind, you're always like, is there another one? Can there be another one? And it's disappointing that there's not a third Scooby-Doo. I feel like if we had gotten one more, just one more, but then again, you know, who knows if they would have done it successfully. And I don't in particularly know the reviews for the second one, uh, but I like both of them. I think they were both very cool. So it was very, it was a big shame that they didn't do a third one. I don't know why. It could have been production. It could have been low box office sales. It could have been uh, the cast, maybe. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Or maybe director or the studio, Warner Brothers. 
Yet again, they, they, they always do find a way to like reboot it with like a younger group of kids and it just doesn't take off. It just doesn't do as well, which is why begs the question is why would they waste it? You know, especially the momentum that they had. I think these movies were followed up pretty well, like maybe a year or two apart. I don't know. I don't know. But I was very disappointed that there's no Scooby-Doo 3. Yet, at the end of Scooby-Doo, I feel like the end of Scooby-Doo 2 kind of wrapped it all up in a in a very fun and light-hearted way with the song. Thank you for let me be myself again. Uh, you know, uh, oh man, that I love that dance montage that they do in the bar with Scooby dancing. Because Shaggy was like, don't draw any attention to yourself, Scoob. And then the girl comes up to him and is like, let's dance. And he's like, okay. And then he starts going crazy. He starts uh, dancing in a, in a wig. And then everybody realizes it's them. So, if there was a third one, I have no idea what they would do. Maybe they would do... Um, it's it's really difficult to say. I mean, they could really go anywhere with it. It could be Scrappy-Doo again. They could do a new villain, a new bad guy of some sort. They've put away a lot of people. But if they did, or just bring somebody new into the whole mix. Make it a real creepy, cool kind of mystery. Make it a different kind of mystery. Maybe there's no one masking or like weird get up but it's just about like maybe it's a different kind of unmasking unmasking their true intentions of some sort i don't know they they've already did the media slander in the second one they already brought back all of the iconic and known villains from like maybe the cartoon and show and stuff so it, it is really difficult to say what they would do Maybe they could do zombies. It remind, It's like that uh, zombie Scooby-Doo movie. The Zombie Island or whatever. That would have been cool if they did that live, live action. Uh, maybe kind of like a Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl kind of way. Like they're zombies only when it turns nighttime and they're trying to like get their lives back and whatnot. That would have been cool. Because I, I, like uh, I like the song from the zombie movie, Zombie Island. Because it's terror time again. You know, that, the, that song is really good. It's like one of my favorite. And it's like this perfect running uh, sequence with Scooby and Shaggy running away from the zombies. So fun. Such a, such a cool thing. That's why I love Scooby-Doo is I, I have all of these good attachments with songs to them. I always feel like there's there's this... They, they make really good moments, and it's what made me love them as a kid. I was really connected to, and I was drawn to what they were doing. So I would have loved that for Scooby-Doo 3, and, and, and it just is really disappointing that they didn't pick it up for a third third project and then when you go and you like look up the other Scooby-Doo live action versions or you know new movies that come out because they always for the Halloween season they always try to bring it back they always try to do something new or do like an animated version or like a kid's show of it or a reboot of it like they're doing this uh, Velma spinoff and Velma's canonically lesbian which I think is great cool inclusion and it definitely fits her character um not that I, I'm saying all nerdy girls who wear sweater vests or uh, sweaters are lesbians, but 
it's it, I think it fits her character. I think it's very fun that she she has a crush on on a girl. I I, I like it. But yeah, you you always see these spin-offs of it and you never see the the live action of it, which I think is a big waste. They should have done a third one and it breaks my heart just a little bit. So the legacy of Scooby-Doo it just continues. I mean, I don't think there's ever I remember I used to go to school in this like uh Scooby-Doo backpack. It was like a baseball uh themed Scooby-Doo backpack. I used to and I was like carrying this backpack and it was like literally as big as me. Like I couldn't move without it like hitting the back of my thought of my calves or whatever. I was so little, I was so young. I have a picture of it. It was such a it's such a cute photo. And whenever I look at it, I think about how much Scooby Doo has really impacted my life. I used to have this big pillow of like uh Scooby Doo and then it got all ruined and then uh, it had to be thrown away which was such a big disappointment and it's one of the reasons why I, I keep such close care of certain uh, material objects like pillows or, or uh, any kind of sleepwear just because I, I feel this great attachment to it so I used to have that I used to read the books I used to watch the movies uh, I, I love Scooby-Doo and I feel like for generations to come, they're all going to have these two movies. And they themselves are going to wonder, why didn't they make a third one? Why isn't there a franchise? How come they didn't do a blah, blah, blah? And it's like, chill, okay? I want it just as badly as you do, all right? But I was there first, and you got to suck it, all right? You got to suck it. I was there first. I watched the movie when I was a kid, way before you were ever born. So I have... So when you watch it, it's good. When I watch it, it's better than you. That's all I'm trying to say, okay? And the legacy of Scooby-Doo will last for forever. You always have the TV show to go back to. Um, and there's multiple seasons, different versions, different times. I remember the, what's new Scooby-Doo? We're coming after you. Gotta solve that mystery. You know that song? That song was really good. That was a good theme song. They have like the... Uh, what is it, the young puppy, like puppy Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo pup, whatever. I used to watch those, um, they used to come on early in the mornings, like before school. I don't know what I would do, like what I was doing so early up in the mornings, but it used to play on TV from time to time, like early in the morning before school, or like I had to like get dropped off at school and I would watch it. And there was this one episode in particular that was like, there was this ghost like this uh, police, this like French ghost, and he would always be like, sacre boo, you know, it's like sacre bleu or whatever. But instead he goes, sacre boo or whatnot. And the episode was so focused on drugs. Like the bad guy was like drug heavy and Scooby would always be like, rugs. Ugh. And then they would go like, drugs are very bad kids. You never want to get deal with drugs. And now those kids are smoking marijuana and they're, you know, doing ecstasy. You know, they're, they're smoking heavy amount of pot. They're doing drugs, all right? They're doing hard drugs. They're doing every kind of hard drug that you can imagine now. So they didn't heed his words, but I did. I followed you, Scooby. That episode had an impact on me. And stuff like that, little things, you know? And every single year, they obviously come out with new merchandise. 
there's always the 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 couple that dresses up as Fred and Daphne, and the other couple that dresses up as Velma and Shaggy or Scooby and whatnot. You know, they they get in a mystery van, they make their own mystery machine, and they go driving and they do whatever stuff like that, which I think is cool. It's definitely a good inspiration. I would do it too, but hey, it is what it is. And so. Going forward, after watching this, I, I watch these movies for my horror movie marathon that I'm doing every single day throughout October. And I feel like because I was watching so much horror-themed, so much scary, uh, that I don't find scary, I find it comedic. To watch an actual comedic movie based on like mysteries or, or supposed horror or whatnot... It was very refreshing and very it was very nostalgic and it took me back to when I was a a kid with the backpack and I um loved mysteries and clues and and stuff. So yeah, I I feel like it's always going to have a special place in my heart and for a lot of people as well. And that's where I'll leave it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys uh love Scooby Doo. If not, well, you're missing out. Because he's a cool dog. And I feel the sense that uh, it's one of those iconic characters or iconic roles that will never be lost. It will always continue to thrive because it's so ingenious, the idea. I can't think of any other kind of like kid-friendly detective group. You know? I, I can only think of like Maybe superheroes, but they're not necessarily in the detective genre. But that's why I, I find so fascinating, so cool about Scooby-Doo. And what I think is so cute and uh, fun about it. So, anyways guys, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys like this episode. And Halloween's getting closer. It's getting closer. So, thank you so much for listening again and for watching on the YouTube. It means a lot that you guys watch it and I will see you guys all next time. Thank you.